0: Downray Sports presents Champions and Chronicles, History Sports Epics, hosted by Brent Reed. This will be a show that will air throughout the summer, and it's only exclusively on DJ Chase Radio and the DJ Chase Radio app. You can also download the show at Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. This show will talk about sports icons, sports moments, and answer the question, what are the top 10 sports movies of all time? Downray Sports presents Champions and Chronicles. History sports epics hosted by Brent Reed, Exclusively at DJ Chase Radio and DJ Chase Radio app. I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. Show me the money! Get in your home! That's your home! There's no crying in baseball! Some of the greatest catchphrases in movies come from sports movies. On this episode of Champions and Chronicles History Sports Epics, we go over, or rather, I explore 15 of my favorite sports movies of all time. This was not an easy list, but I made one anyway, because it's not a sports show unless there's a list. That average Joe's does not have enough players and will be forfeiting the championship match. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for the That movie, that quote, is actually from the movie Dodgeball, which didn't actually make my list. But I love that movie. I think it's one of the greats. But it didn't make my list of 15. Believe it or not, uh, Dodgeball, like every other sports movie, has some of the biggest quotes in the. Sports Electracon, if you will. Heck, in movies, okay, just movies in general. Uh, I decided on this episode that I would put together 15 movies that I love from the world of sports, and it wasn't easy. I originally was like, oh, I can put together a quick five, and then I said, I can put together a quick 10. And that list just kept growing and growing and growing until finally I just like, let's let's just narrow it down to 15. Some of the movies you will know if you don't know all of them, none of them are like any underground films or anything like that. Now, what were my rules to make my list? Well, simple. The movie had to have some kind of humor to it, it had to tell a, a story from a place of heart. There had to be a place of love. It also had to give you that competitive feel. When you watch it, you kind of get the goosebumps, if you will. What makes a great sports film is while you're watching, the characters become real. In the same way you can root for Indiana Jones or um, you are on the team, Jacob or Edward. Sports films do the same thing. Like you forget that the person that you're watching is actually an actor portraying a character. In some cases, the character becomes bigger than actual real sports figures. That's how it goes. So without further ado, let's jump in. My 15 greatest sports films of all time. All right, let's start with number 15. car. Oh well, there's a cougar in the car. I put it in there. You gotta learn to drive with the fear. And there ain't nothing more goddamn frightening than driving with a live cougar in the car. Number fifteen is Talladega Nights. Quite I probably should have put it higher, but there's some films that are just near and dear in my heart. And but Talladega Nights easily is one of the greatest not just regular comedy movies, but sports movies. The quotes just keep coming and coming, uh, the 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 lines are just there. Nothing's better than um, I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Or you put he put another sticker for a, a low for advertisement on his window. Like how crazy is that? Not to mention his name is Ricky Bobby. You get what I mean? Talladega Nights came out in 2006, starring Will Ferrell. It's a uh, Will Ferrell is fresh off of doing Anchorman. Everybody was living off the anchorman high, and this is when Will Ferrell just kept knocking him and knocking him and knocking him out the box. Quite honestly, I put semi, I put Talladega Nights over Semi Pro, and I love Semi Pro, but there are some movies that are just a little better. Um, Talladega Nights, the whole movie is every character is perfect, from Ricky to his best friend. Uh, to play by uh, John C. Riley, The two of them, you would see them in um, Step Brothers, which was like, poof, you know, who wouldn't love that? But then his mother, his two sons who were unbearable, when the sons took the water hose and sprayed the dude in his house or when they talked crap to their grandfather, uh, his wife, who was crazy, who leaves him for his best friend because Ricky loses his all his endorsements. Uh, to his pit crew, to even the you forget about the um his rival, his new rival who's a Formula One driver coming to NASCAR. You know, it was just one of the funniest films. Still, is the funniest films. When I was looking for the sound bites for this, I'm, I I took me forever because I couldn't stop laughing going through. Like, all right, which sound bite? Which sound bite? And there's stuff in this movie that may make like I, you know with the commercial sound bites. But the little stuff is what makes me laugh. Like the cougar scene is what like I die crying because Ricky and his dad have the best like uh, 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 on screen chemistry you could imagine. And the crazy part is the movie, if you strip away all the funny down to the core of it, it's a guy who comes from nothing rises to the top of the, you know, to the top of the mountain but still has to, you know, doesn't? he's missing the love of his dad who's never there. And that's what he races for. He races for the love of his dad. And I think, like, people look at the film, they go, oh, it's just a silly film. Like, I can hear my mom saying, you love watching these silly films. But the movie itself, just look at the, if you take out the comedy, the movie's nominated for an Oscar. You know, <laughs> probably. But, but number 15 is Talladega Nights. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the damn grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. Number 14. (laughs) Are you crying? No. No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying! There's no crying in baseball! Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris! Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of a pig shit! And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game! And did I cry? No, no. No! No! And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball! There's no crying in baseball! No crying! Zero, there's plenty of crying in baseball, but the League of Their Own, uh, 1992, directed by Penny Marshall, uh, this is going to be for Allie, if you ever seen Hocus Pocus, she's the devil's sis- uh, wife, but in real life, they were actually brothers and sisters. Uh, League of Their Own came out in 1992, starring Gina Davis, Madonna, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, and Tom Hanks before he became the Oscar award winning Tom Hanks. Forrest Gump, I don't think had came out yet. Like this was like the precursor to the Tom Hanks becoming America's actor. The movie's fantastic. It's a historical piece. Um, Tom Hanks' character resonates with me. I love that character so much. But all the players, like it's one of those, it's definitely the movie does its job. Okay. It's not forced on you. They don't force things of what they what that movie does well is it doesn't take stuff from 1992 and try to and put it into that movie. What it does is it takes things from the era of the 1945s and just sticks to that and shows how a group of women can come together and just and show that they are not just but that they are as competitive as men athletes and Shows that women athletes can do it too. Women ball players can do it too. They can, they want to win. They don't want to lose, but they do it with grace. They do it because you know, as a lady. But it shows, like, think about the film. If you've never, if you've seen the film, think about the film. They make the women go to uh, like a reform school because they have to all learn how to be ladies, right? And they have to play the game with skirts on and stuff like that. But it shows no matter how graceful or how um, much of you try to make them these like, you know, the quote unquote cookie cutter women. At the end of the day, they bruise because they have to slide. They get cuts. They get scrapes. They get injuries. And at the core of it, they're just athletes. And that's what kind of makes the movie so awesome and cool. It's, again, another one of those films. As you're watching it, you forget you're watching. Like, for me, when I watch it, I forget I'm watching the movie. And I'm just like watching, like I'm there to the point where like, I can't remember her name, but one of the players, her son's on the bus. And it's just like, it's such, hey, this is a mom who's kid, she's got to like watch the kid while going out here playing nine innings. But the kid's like a nuisance, but it shows how the, the lady, you know, the women come together. They help take care of the kid to the point where like, look, I think Rosie O'Donnell, like, hit the kid, not hit him, but, like, she threw something at him or something like that, but the movie's fantastic, it's got, the jokes is on point, it's a great family film with, um, little subtle in the windows into, like, certain jokes, like, when, uh, Tom Hanks goes to go pee and Madonna clocks him, Like it's, it's perfect, or she's trying to sneak out, and the best part, I think her name was Marla, she was the one who could just hit the ball. And the dad has a line saying, if she was a boy, she'd, I'd be signing a contract with the New York Yankees right now. And it showed, like, here's this woman who's technically, me I Ali just watched it the other night, too, which is funny. It showed, like, here's this woman. The movie's deeming her to be, like, ugly. She's so ugly, like, the scout doesn't even want to look at her. But even she finds love. She go, They go to a bar. She gets drunk. The guy at the bar loves her. And they're like, hey. Are you good? And she's like, no, I found this guy. And at the end of the movie, they get married. Like, it's such a good film. It's such a great film. League of Their Own is number 14. It is a timeless, timeless classic. It actually, just from comedy standpoint, it's one of the top comedic films of all time. But it has to be on this list because it's one of the originals to do it. And it's Caddyshack uh, starring Bill Murray. Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerville, Ted Knight. Uh, some of you may have update in a lot of these actors. Uh, this film, if you go back, it was at the height of Chevy Chase's career. Bill Murray was getting, he hadn't even did Ghostbusters yet. The film came out in 1980. Uh, Harold Ramis, who's played Egon in Ghostbusters, helped write this film. It's a silly movie. That's it. It's about golf. And uh, 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 it's not even a professional golf. It's about the elite versus like the lower class. And like Rodney Dangerfield's character is new to money. Ted Knight's character is old money. They join this country club. This young kid named Danny uh looks to uh he's supposed to be the better golfer. And it's just a silly film. It's the it's the Gopher. It's Bill Murray talking. Yeah, uh, hit the bow. You know, it's like Bill Murray talking. Kind of. It's Chevy Chase being at uh, uh, peak Chevy Chase. I put it thirteen. More of like, uh, it deserves it because of the age. You know, because of the age of the film being the original. But caddyshack, is thirteen. Cool. That's your word. Hell oh, yeah, that's my word. You know, some dudes might have the coin but they'll never have the qual. what what is He means love respect community and the dollars to the entire package though and coming in at number 12 is a film that gets better every time i watch it and it's Jerry Maguire Jerry it's one of the few films where the main character is not the athlete he's the sports agent and it's A behind the scenes of the world in you know sports and sports management and the agents and the relationships. And it the movie came out in 1996, nominated for five Academy Awards. In fact, it's one of two films on this list nominated for Academy Award. If you look back, it's time peak Tom Cruise. Okay, uh, it's definitely peak. Uh, uh, Cuban Gooding Jr., who won an Oscar for this best support in male actor. The film is an agent at the top of his game, basically feeling guilt because he went from trying to take care of his, 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 his clients to just wanting more, 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 more. And the movie was about less means more, meaning he went from the top agency to creating his own agency with less. He went from the flashy girlfriend, the it girl, losing her to getting the secretary, the woman who was lesser than the first fiance, but gave him more, gave him a son, gave him purpose. He went from the getting the number one draft pick to be his client to a guy who was trying to get a contract, just a basic contract, less meaning more. The film has Regina King in it, who I don't think anybody realizes that Regina King plays a huge role in that film as being uh, as as Cuban Gooden's wife in that. And Cuban Gooden Jr. the Quan line is a great line. You gotta have you know the, the you're my at the end of the film because you're my ambassador to Quan. Everybody knows the line. Show me the money, or let me do it right. <clears throat> Show me the money. That's the that's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> As <laughs> they supposed to do it, but it's you know I love the film. It's a fantastic film, and it's one of those movies you can watch it at. You can watch it while cleaning. You can chill on the couch, or or it's a great airplane film, and it's kind of funny. It's dark funny, and if I remember correctly, it was semi-written to be a comedy, and I don't think Tom Cruise was the first person they wanted for the film. The I, don't, I believe he wasn't. Believe it was not, but at number 12 is Jerry Maguire. At number 11, and I should have switched it, but I really like this film because I love baseball more than everything. That's Summer Catch, which came out in 2001 starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Alb, oh, Jessica Beale, excuse me. I almost said the name wrong. Uh, this is a small film about Cape baseball, baseball played uh, right outside. Of Boston and Cape of the Capes of Massachusetts, it's guys who are college players that are just right there for the major leagues and kind of getting that one last look. It's a uh, uh, Brittany Murphy's in this movie. Uh, Vild, what was his name? Rama the guy from um, that '70s show, is in this movie. It's not like you know Citizen Kane or Jerry Maguire, but what makes it good is it's a feel-good film. The movie is is about a great pitcher, a great young pitcher, who doesn't come from a lot, and he lives in the Cape year-round. He His dad owns a landscaping business. He works for his dad. He cuts grass, and basically this is his last opportunity to get a look at the majors. The cool part is, I mean, well, yeah, the cool part is you throw in his new friend, the guy who plays Shaggy in uh, the Scooby-Doo films and was in the scary movie films uh, as well. Who You throw him in there. Um, you throw in Jessica Biel and the film just turns into now a, um, it turns into a perfect love story. It turns into a perfect sports film it has that um will he overcome it, it has the formula of the highs the lows it's even got something smaller like um Jessica Beale's sister wants to become the mascot of the one of the local teams and she's struggling to find the right mascot it's actually a movie but when you watch it it feels like a a, a hallmark an edgier hallmark from because it's like a scene where Brittany Murphy gives him her underwear. Yeah, Brittany Murphy's actually good in it. She's not in it a lot, but she's actually good in it. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Vildorama. (laughs) durama Anyway, Summer Catch is number 11. In number 10, rounding out uh, 15 through 10, you know it. It's The Waterboy. My mama said, my mama said, my mama said, Adam Sandler is The Waterboy. And this is not the only movie he has on this list, but... You got to think back. The year is 1998. Adam Sandler's at an all-time high. And there's a movie about a water boy who becomes a football All-American. The movie's absurd, but it's hilarious. All right? He's like 30 37 years old. He's been a water boy his whole life. But due to anger, he turns into the Incredible hawk of football. And it's got everything. It's got ESPN. It's got Harry Winkler, who is the Fonz. It has um, uh, the greatest line, shut up Brent, because my name is Brent and I was at the movies and I think I was there with my friend Jason and he just looks at me and starts laughing. I was like, shut up. But it's um, the first time you ever hear, you can do it. (laughs) It's like the, the movie is fantastic. It's a simple, simple, easy watch. You can throw it on anytime. It's background noise. It's basically about a water boy who gets tired of being bullied and becomes a star. We don't even know what position he played. I don't know if he was a linebacker or a DN, but he becomes a star defensive player. And it's so absurd. He gives a power bomb. He drop kicks a guy. Like oh, and the best part is he visualizes the bullies and whoever the person whoever has the ball. So if you're the quarterback, which most were, he visualized the people. Uh, trying to insult him or denigrate his water. Uh, his mom uh, is the best, you know, mama. Mama knows everything. That became a huge thing. Mama, My, my mama said, my, my mama said, my mama said, alligators got all them teeth. They're hungry because they got all them teeth, but no toothbrushes. Like, and then Colonel Sanders, your mama's wrong. Uh, Kathy Bates, Academy Award winner Kathy Bates plays his mom, which is just great. <laughs> it's just great all in itself. Uh, the Waterboy came out in 1998 and was one of uh, Adam Sandler's biggest success hits still to this day. The Boy at number 10. You are now listening to the hottest station. WDJC TV. DJ Chase Radio. www.djchaseradio.com All right, number nine. Go pick me out a winner, Bobby. Number nine is The Natural, starring Robert Redford, and came out in 1984. It is a honest guy, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but in my opinion, it's the last film from a past era, from when they made movies like from the 60s and the 70s and the 50s and the 40s. And what I mean by that is there wasn't a ton of... There wasn't any special effects, any real life, you know, there wasn't all the you know, montage and music. And the time that the movie came out, Rocky was the sports film in, in of the eighties. And you also had like uh the karate kid and uh blood sport and all these films where it was you know action packed and natural was none of that. It was on the strength of Robert Redford and Glenn Close and Robert Duvall were all in this film. The film is about it starts, it's about a young player, a young man who uh, grows up on a small farm, who can pitch, is a fantastic pitcher, and um, strikes out in a at a fair while on the train on his way to Chicago where he's about to sign his big league deal, strikes out what was the equivalent of Bay Roof in his movie. They called him the Whammer in the film. So instead of being the Babe, he was the Whammer, and uh, the um, Robert Redford's character strikes him out, and... There's a woman on a train who's very Shakespearean and poetic, and she shoots Robert Redford, and he's hurt. And he loses like 15 years of his career, something to that extent. It could be more than that. Fast forward, he's a lot older. He's been bouncing around in what was then like the minor leagues, you know, small independent leagues. And he arrives on a New York team. Like the New- They were called the New York Knights. Uh, he's older. He's no longer a pitcher. He's not a hitter and the uh, the manager doesn't want to start him because he's too old. And the, it's uh, that Robert Redford is, of course, a star, but the B-plot is about how the team has to keep losing, and then the owner wants to take complete ownership from the manager, and the manager's life is the baseball team, and the, the owner is a weirdo. He just loves seeing in the dark because he used to be afraid of the dark. So is the perfect ending. It's based on the book, and the book... I want to say the character dies, but in the film he lives, uh, of course, one day his wound comes back to hurt him, he get, has an infection, he misses a few key games in the championship game, the World Series, and then, of course, he comes back in the critical game, and he plays, and then the most critical at bat, he's hurting, he looks down, and he's bleeding, the bat, the movies also has him, he created his own bat called Wonder Boy, and then he makes a bat with the little boy, and the, the line I played earlier is, go pick me out a winner, and he picks out a winner, and Robert Redford batting left-handed, hits one, it's a home run, the lights blow out in the stadium, it's the game winner, he rounds, and then he retires. The other part of the movie is Glenn is The Love Interest, Uh, she and he had a child before he left. She, was pre- she got pregnant on his last day on the farm. She raised this kid in Chicago all by herself. He finds out. And the movie ends with them uh, living together in all happiness. But The Natural is a feel-good film. You, if you make it past 10 minutes, you're going to love the movie. I promise you. But The Natural is number nine. At number eight is a franchise like none other. And that is The Mighty Ducks. In 1992, we were all privy to learn the Mighty Ducks existed. The funny part is, the Mighty Ducks or the Ducks are a real team in hockey because of this movie starring Emilio Estevez and a list and list and list of young actors. It's ba- it's the the first movie is about a lawyer who was a great hockey player as a kid. Uh, stopped playing because of uh, his coach was just so mean to him and the expectations was too much. So he becomes a hotshot lawyer. He gets a DUI, loses his ability to drive. Part of his um, community service is to go coach this ragtag bunch of uh, hockey players. It's similar to Bad News Bears, but you know he rediscovers his love for hockey. Um, he quits his law firm. Uh, the, the the famous scene in the, his law firm, he's like quack 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 quack. <laughs> he just loses his mind. Uh, he develops a good relationship with like the, one of the, the, the players on the team and with his mom. And then uh, the second movie is about him getting the opportunity to coach Team USA's junior hockey team. And the third film actually doesn't have a lot of him. The third film is about the players, a selected group of the players going to like this top prestigious uh, school. And they're going to play hockey and they're no longer the Ducks. And it's kind of weird. And there's a TV show on Disney+. Plus, But the first two films, as a kid... Every kid my age, when those films came out, wanted to play hockey. Bar none, hands down. Real, I remember asking my mom to buy a hockey set, and I was, I had hockey. I couldn't, I could actually ice skate, I couldn't roll, but I remember having a hockey set. I really did. But, uh, yeah. So, at number eight, The Mighty Ducks. Number seven. Put your hand down. You smile yes yes sir yes sir why are you smiling because i love football football's fun fun sir fun sir uh, it's fun yes you sure i think so. now you're thinking first you smile then you think you think football is still fun uh yes sir yes no no sir. sir uh it was fun not anymore though is it is it uh, no not by now. no it's not fun anymore no. not even a little bit No. Make up your mind. No, no. Think, since you're thinking now, go on, think. Is it fun? No, sir. No. No, sir. Absolutely not? Zero fun, sir. All right, listen up. That voice is Denzel Washington, and you know that movie because it's Remember the Titans. It's a film based on historical uh, facts of a team in uh, Virginia became one school. It was two different schools at one point. It was one, an all-white school, and then the other school was an all-black school, and then they integrated and made it one school. The film itself is just a fantastic film, and it teaches so much. They used to show it to us at school all the time, but the film definitely teaches a lesson, and it doesn't matter where you come from, you all share similarities. It doesn't matter your skin color, you all share similarities. There's a scene in the film where the two linebackers, the black linebacker, and then the white linebacker are becoming friends. And the football team, for the most part, all become friends. But the the white football player's uh, girlfriend can't handle the fact that they're becoming friends. And she even has a line in the movie where she's just like, I'm not there yet. I can't accept it. And it's not until the white player actually gets hurt And is not able to play anymore because he's paralyzed after a car accident that she now realizes, you know, let me be friends with this man that my boyfriend, who I love, respects so much. Let me try it, too. It's a film that brings people together from both sides. It's a fantastic film. It's a nice, easy film. It came out in 2000. It was definitely the number one played film in gym class. When we couldn't even go outside or for some reason couldn't use the gym. I don't know. It was very odd that we always played it in gym class. But remember the Titans comes in at number seven. Number six. Home. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Suck my white ass ball! <laughs> At number six is Happy Gilmore. This film is great, all right? It's not a cinematic masterpiece, but it's the best film, and it's fantastic, all right? It's, uh, Adam Sandler is playing Happy Gilmore, who thinks he's a hockey player, but discovers he's actually a pretty good golfer because he can drive the ball Forever long. Um, you got shooter McGavern, who's the best villain in sports movie history. And the best part is the best part, right? Happy Gilmore is uh uh Mickey, Happy Gilmore is uh help you know the man who his Obi-Wan Kenobi is uh Chubbs played by Carl Weathers, who's from the Rocky franchise, so he knows what it's like. To watch a film and take a a guy who's got has no hope and makes him into hope. It's got the greatest one-liner. It's got all in the hips, get in your hole. Um, yeah, let me just play this one. The price is wrong, bitch. <coughs> like he gets into a fight with Bob Barker. You know what I'm saying, Bob Barker of The Price Is Right. This old, he was old then. You know, <laughs> and Bob gives him like. The best jabs, pop, pop, pop. The best part is after the fight when you see Bob Barker working on his jab, making sure it stays tight. It's you know, it's fantastic. It's um, it's definitely, definitely a movie where you just want to laugh and feel good, and it's it has. Uh, the love for his dad. He played hockey because of his dad, but he, you know, he's not that great of a hockey player. He's playing golf to save his grandmother's house from foreclosure. He falls in love, you know, with uh, Julie Bowen, who you should know from Modern Family. And then Shooter just wants to win his green jacket. That's all Shooter wants to do. He just wants to win his green jacket. So, at number six is Happy Gilmore. At number five is two films. That should be on this list regardless. And it's the major league franchise. Uh, I like the major league, minor league film. It's stupid. But the one and two, forget it. It's one of the best. You have Charlie Sheen as um, one of the best pitchers you've ever seen in baseball history. And the crazy part is his pitcher, uh, uh, the character he plays, right? He is throwing a baseball, and they consider it fast. He was, like, clocked at 95, which would be considered show ne- slow now. But Charlie Sheen is playing Ricky, Wild Thing, Vaughn. Like, there are guys in the league today that come out to Wild Thing because of Charlie Sheen's character. You had uh, uh, Pedro Serrano, who was the Cuban defector who uh, had Joe Boo You know, <laughs> like, it was great. The The manager was insane, Wesley Snipes, you forget, is in the first one, and in the second one is Omar Epps, they recasted him, the, um, and he like, has to like fake to get on the team, the second one is just as good, it's not as edgy as the first, because I guess they wanted to make it more commercial, but you had uh, the scene, you have no marbles, uh, with the Japanese player, uh, him and uh, uh, Pedro fight back and forth with each other, and it's Bob Eucher is his 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 being drunk is probably one of the best things you can ever see in a movie. Top of the sixth, and rookie sensation Ricky Vaughn on the pitch. Now you can close the book on Kelder. Oh, thank God. me. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering just a bit outside he tried the corner and missed ball four ball eight low and on as walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches boy how can these guys lay off pitches that close boy how these guys like he's the he's the drunk color commentary like could you imagine you listen to a game and Joe Buck just like goes off the rails and he's talking about a football game. Joe Buck's just like, I don't know what uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing out there. He's just throwing the ball into the sky. I'm going to take a nap. Like, it's that kind of game. It's that kind of movie. It's hilarious. But coming in at number five is the Major League One and Two movie franchises. Number four. (sighs) (sighs) Yes, 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 yes. Any given Sunday is number four. Any given Sunday is everything. If you're a man, or I don't care. If you're a man, any. If you want just testosterone and. Like, like there's pretty much the dialogue in the whole film. It's any given Sunday. It's just grunny. It's it's crazy. It's fantastic. Uh, Jamie Foxx, Lawrence Taylor, uh, Dennis Quaid, Al Pacino, uh, James West, the late, great Jim Brown is in this movie, and it's... It's perfect. Like, I don't care. Like, the movie was so insane. The NFL was like, please, what are you guys doing? And it has NFL players in it. Terrell Owens is in the movie as a wide receiver. It's such a fantastic film. Um, you got the Al Pacino speech in the film that is played all the time. You're claw the extra edge. <laughs> Between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'm you this. In any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. The film was directed by Oliver Stone. It came out in 1999. It was definitely the movie that catapulted Jamie Foxx's career as a serious actor. Him as Willie Beeman is the, that film has, it's like two movies in one. It's three movies in one if you think about it. It's Willie Beeman starting out as the humble, benchwarming quarterback. Gets his opportunity and then becomes the megastar. And like on a Mike Vick, Cam Newton type level. Finn is humbled by his own teammates because he thinks he's bigger than the team and he falls to grace and has to earn not just his position back, but his the respect of the team and the coach back. Um, it shows Al Pacino's coach as a coach that sometimes forgets that his players are people. Because There's like a scene where he's insensitive, the scene where he t- pulls Willie Beeman to the side and he's like you're playing in the street, and you're playing football, and, and your, your, your mama's ringing the dinner bell, and you just gotta throw it to the Buick, throw the ball, and get to the dinner bell, it's, you know, it's got that, it's, um, it's the scene where they sit in, in the plane together, and, uh, Al Pacino's trying to uh, uh, get to know his new quarterback because the quarterback he loved and used for so long, and um, and uh, uh, Dennis Quaid's character is hurt and may never be able to play again, and is already too old. And uh, Al Pacino comes to sit down. And he's like, "Hey, you like listening to music? Oh, you enjoy music." And Willie Beeman's like, "I listen to rap." And he's like, "Do you like jazz? Because I love jazz." I can love some jazz, and he's like, "Nah, CDs." He's like, "I'll make you a tape." And He's like, "CDs." <laughs> so it's such a good film because it then takes the two, and they have to learn how to get along, and it shows just because you're young, you don't know everything; just because you old, you don't know everything. And of course, it's got Jim Brown telling Lawrence Taylor's character Shark to, uh, you know, go out the best lines. I don't get strokes. I give him like he goes, coach. You're gonna have a stroke. Like <laughs> it's such a good film. So any given Sunday comes in at number four. At number three is another baseball film. No shocker here. Is sixty one. Uh, directed by Billy Crystal. Uh, it's an HBO film and it's based on the story of Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris's pursuit for uh, Babe Roof's at the time record sixty uh, home runs. The record will become sixty one. It's how the two become friends. It's how Roger Maris deals with dealing with the press and becoming famous, and he gets sick to his stomach. And it's just such a good film. And if you're a Yankee fan, you're going to love the film. If you're a sports fan, you'll like the film. But if you're a Yankee fan, you're really going to love the film. <laughs> and it's really good. 61 uh, came out in 2001. I remember it because that's the height of the Yankees dynasty of the 90s and Billy Crystal's making this movie. And I love that. Um, the film actually, for what they had to use for old Yankee Stadium, they actually had to make it in the old Detroit Tiger Stadium. Yeah, it was standing for a long time, but they made that film there so it can uh, look like the original Yankee stand because baseball was running out of classic ballparks at that time, and Detroit Tiger Stadium was the last of them. So, at number three is 61. There are now only two and sitting at number two. You, you play ball like a girl. <laughs> what did you say? You heard me. Tomorrow, noon at our field. Number two, the Sandlock. Let me explain something. This movie came out in 1993. If you're my age, and I'm 37, this is your movie. Like the the you're killing me, Smalls. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout, Babe Ruth. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I know Babe Ruth. The kids take. Uh, uh, chew. They take chewing tobacco and throw up because they go on uh, the ride at the amusement park. The kid loves this girl and basically fakes drowning so he can kiss her. It's like I rem- the film reminds me every time I watch it. I remember when I lived in Yonkers and we played baseball. We played every sport like these guys did, but you played baseball and it didn't matter. You just played. Like, we just would put a, a group of guys, it could be five, it could be nine, it could be 11, it could be 12, you just play baseball, and that's what this film's about. Uh, it, it's it's such a cool, cool friends film, uh, it's a young kid who moves to a new town, Smalls, as you know, and he um, goes out, his, his stepdad and his mom's like, look, you need to go make friends. And uh, he just takes his glove. He's got this ugly hat. He can't catch a cold. And he goes out to this field. And he stands in the outfield. With uh, you know these group of kids. You got Bobby. Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet. Who uh, becomes like one of his closest friends. And he's like, let's well, go in the outfield. Put your glove up. Hits the ball to the kid. Kid just catches it. Because it just falls. And he like, basically put it in the glove. And it's such a fantastic film. And... It's got everything, and it doesn't do what, it doesn't do the low-hanging fruit where like he falls out of grace with his friends, no. He takes his dad's ball, his coveted balls, his stepdad's got all these great signing baseballs from all these great players, and the movie takes place in the 60s, so all these players are like pre-1950, and the one ball he takes, because the ball lands, because the the, the 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 villain of the film or the antagonist is this dog, uh, the beast who they all think is like 10 feet tall. And every time a ball lands over there, they lose it because the dog keeps collecting them because they secretly don't know that the dog's owner, the blind junkyard owner played by James L. Jones is a former baseball player and loves the game of baseball and was in the Negro Leagues and the dog keeps collecting balls for him. And he gets the ball, the ball goes over, it's Babe Ruth's ball, and, and um, he's like, it's signed by some some girl named Babe Ruth, and the guy's like, Babe Ruth, they're like, oh my God, you didn't tell me that's who it was, and they try to put together gadgets to get the ball back, and Benny, of course, jumps the fence, the dog chases him through town, and at the end of it the all, they get the ball, the dog becomes the mascot, and the film is so awesome. It's such an amazing film. It's always honored and it should be. And if you don't love The Sandlock, you don't have a soul. (laughs) So The Sandlock is number two. And without a question, number one. Is Rocky one, two, three, four, five? Rocky Balboa, Creed one, Creed two, <laughs> Creed three. It's the Rocky movie franchise is number one, and you should have guessed it. Rocky is one of the best films of all time from a storytelling standpoint. Rocky has the first Rocky film gives you all, it gives you a a, a guy at the bottom. You know he lives in a Uh, literally like a one-room apartment. He works for a loan shark. He breaks thumbs. He's, you know, he gets disrespected by a little kid, but he boxes, and he loves boxing. And one day, through the fluke luck, he gets an opportunity, an opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, Rocky is created, created by Sylvester Stallone, who, you know, that character and Sylvester Stallone are one and the same. Rocky's as important to the city of Philadelphia than Benjamin Franklin. Like honestly, he actually had a he has a statue at the uh, in Philadelphia. Running the steps at the museum means so much. When you hear that, dun, 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 when you hear that, everybody instantly wants to work out. Every Rocky film gets better. Every Rocky, some of the Rocky films get a little out there, three and four to be exact. But Rocky is perfect. It's a um, it's just a feel good film. Uh, I can't help it, you know. I tear up watching Rocky to this day because it's just that it's that good of a film. And Rocky it tells a story of how important just to keep fighting is. Uh, How Adrian fights to try to make sure Rocky stays healthy. How Paulie fights because he doesn't want to be a nobody. And then how later his kid fights because his kid just wants to be recognized by his dad and love. And then you move to the, Creed, you know, Rocky Balboa is about Rocky fighting to regain his relationship with his son. Regain the love of boxing. To fight to hold on to the memory of his late wife. And then when you watch the Creed films, it's Adonis fighting to be uh, part of his dad's legacy. It's Adonis fighting to know his own identity it's Don is fighting and then it's Rocky fighting for his actual life and it's such it's, they're good it's a great franchise I dare you I dare you anytime Rocky's on TV to not watch at least 20 to 40 minutes of it, if not the whole thing it doesn't matter where Rocky's at in the movie whether it's one, two, three, four five six seven eight nine 10, doesn't matter you can just pick it up and you don't need to catch it from the beginning because it's that good of a film and it's my favorite franchise. I fell in love with Rocky when TNT used to show Rocky marathons as a kid, and I just, you know, just love it. And anytime I honestly I need inspiration, I turn on Rocky. Rocky was created in 1976. It's the other film on this for on this list that was uh, nominated for three Academy Awards. Um, the franchise has gone on to be one of the most successful ones. Rocky 2 is just as good as Rocky 1. Um and it, it's fantastic Sylvester Stallone, Carl Weathers, um Burt Young who plays uh Paulie, you know, it's so good. And then now the Creed franchise with Michael B Jordan, you can't hate Rocky. Sorry, you just can't. <laughs> Except for my kid being born, it's the greatest night in the history of my life. I just want to say one thing to my wife at home. You did I did it. This has been another episode of Champions and Chronicles: History, Sports, Epics, hosted by Brent Reed, exclusively and only available at DJ Chase Radio and the DJ Chase Radio app.